You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 8th, episode 3133, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Uh, good morning, horse people, and also happy International Women's Day. Ah, Wednesday, the day we cover Glenn's favorite topic. <laughs> Horse health. And Jamie makes you feel better about yourself with the latest weird news from around the world. Happy Wednesday. That's right. Happy Wednesday, everybody. But we're switching it up today. We're not doing a horse health topic. It's because it is International Women's Day. You know, Jamie, we've done, what, thousands of interviews. I think it's probably four or five thousand interviews over our time and mm-hmm. and we've told thousands of stories and jennifer and i this morning we said okay it's international women's day what interview or story can we pick from our past that represents international women's day and i want to know if you agree i picked one out i have it ready to go for today and it's the story of leslie wiley and lady martha Oh, perfect. That was our award-winning podcast, actually. Yeah, you're right. We did win an award for that one. And, you know, it's international because it's Lady Martha from England and our own Leslie from here. And for those of you that are brand new to the show, and for those that aren't, believe it or not, it's been six or seven years since we played this. Um, So it's been a long time, and I think new listeners will get a kick out of it. Leslie was a regular here on the show for many, many years. So we're going to play that for you. great story, so you'll love it. Oh, yeah. You'll be on the edge of your seat. (laughs) Plus, uh, Helena, our own Helena from uh, Stalin Stable, is now a voiceover artist and and is doing something that we've been asking for for years. So we're going to have her on to talk about that. And is there any weird news? Um, Hold on. Let me consult my list. Okay. Thomas, Electra, Ruth, Helen, Mary, Nicole, Alicia, Allie, Lorene, Margaret, Mary, <laughs> Melanie, Janelle, and Aaron all sent like literally my inbox is just weird news stories anymore. It's awesome. Well, so there is some weird news then. Is yes, the answer there's, to a, that. there's a few. Uh, Peggy, who posted in our auditor room, wrote this, and it was in relation to us, our topic about last week when you had your tornado scare and you put the horses in the barn and the topic came up, do you leave them out or do you put them in for bad weather? That We've had this topic for many times over the years. It's and, like to shoe or not to shoe. Exactly. Know? I mean, <laughs> exactly. in or out. She said, well, here's our experience. Christmas 2012, we lost the barn we were leasing, leveled to the ground. She posted pictures. I mean, it was to the ground. And the rest of it was scattered in the pastures. We didn't even prepare for that day as there was no tornado watches or warnings at all. Merry Christmas, right? Uh, Horses were out, and I'm glad they were. Not a scratch on them, which is a miracle seeing all the debris in the pastures. On the other side, if they'd been in the barn, I'm pretty sure it would have been much worse. We were lucky. You know, I think that's what it comes down to, right? It depends on the storm. It depends on what the storm was. And some of it's just, you got lucky. Who said this? Peggy? Peggy, I would like to thank you for putting pictures and creating... My wife's unnecessary. Play the bumper, Glenn, because this is now what she's done to me. 
And now it's time for another episode of My Wife's Unnecessary Anxiety. <laughs> Thank you very much, Peg. Now I'm going to just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, good. Glad it worked out for you. Yeah, Thank because you. basically what she said is, oh, you're screwed. You just hope you get lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's basically Thank what you. happened. Uh, so anyway, that was that. Um, I just wanted to give you a reminder to enter for the Wintech saddle. Go right now to horseradionetwork.com. We're giving away a Wintech saddle in a little over a month at Equine Affair. And anybody can enter to win. You don't have to sing a song. You don't have to do a dance. You just go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the saddle banner, and enter to win. And we're going to pick a winner at Equine Affair on one of the episodes that we do from there. You do not have to be there to win. They're going to ship it out to you direct from Australia anyway. Like, that's how you got yours, I think. So, um, And I did hear from the lady who won the last one we gave away and she she was very excited and uh, sent pictures too so uh it's your chance if you didn't win at christmas you can win now all right let's do some daily winnies And uh, we have some auditor birthdays today. Bonnie Major, Kelly Hannigan, Haley Johnson. Haley, we haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, Auditor Jennifer. Now, we have an auditor by the name of Jennifer who has a husband by the name of Glenn. And they're both spelled exactly like my wife and I. That's weird. (laughs) So he's a a horse husband. So happy birthday to Glenn. Apparently, he doesn't have Facebook. So I'm wishing him a happy birthday here. But does listen to the show occasionally. And I also wanted to give uh, a second daily winnie to Gerard who was our attorney during the whole selling of the company. And he is also does a podcast, and it's called the Fresh Mix Podcast. And it's about people in Florida who do uh, who do things, uh, all kinds of different things. He's a great interviewer. And Gerard had me on his show, so I was on the latest episode of the Fresh Mix Podcast. And I've done hundreds of interviews on podcasts, but I tell you what, he came up with some questions I've never had before. So it was kind of unique. And I don't always talk about the, sh- the podcast. Yes, I do, because they ask the same questions over and over again. This was a little different. So uh, if you want to listen to that, look for Fresh Mix Podcast on your podcast player, and you'll see my ugly Strange people doing strange things in Florida. You would never run out of topics. No. (laughs) No, he's pretty good on that. To to give a little tease for weird news in the future, it's it's kind of alligator day. Not gonna lie, uh, and weird news and weird stuff in in Florida just fits my daily Winnie. Um, jockey Manny Jimenez, uh, he was riding a race at Tampa Bay Downs a week or so ago, and I just got flooded with this, and I kept forgetting to cover it. So I wanted to give him a daily Winnie because he was a border horse named Papa Jimmy. Okay. And Papa Jimmy, there's video of this. It's kind of hard to see because it's blurred. Um, Papa Jimmy is coming around like the final turn. And this is his quote. By the time I see the gator, we were pretty close to each other. And his head was looking at us in the path. My horse is running. I knew right away that I was not going to be able to make it around the gator and I didn't want to want to run the risk of leaving it easy to the gator to bite my horse. (laughs) There is a gator in the middle of the track. Okay. 
He says, so I just took my horse wider by the hind body and the tail of the gator, and I put him straight so he can see the gator. Horses are smart enough that they know how to avoid problems. If he sees where he is stepping, he's not going to step. He is going to step on hard ground, and I knew he would not step on the gator. So I prayed to God, trusted my horse, and we made it to the other side. We won the race of life in that race. This horse <laughs> jumped a freaking alligator while it was in a race. Do you think they would clear the alligators out of the center field there, uh, the inside of the racetrack? Before? I mean, how can you? It's like a seven. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. I mean, what are they going to do? You can't get an alligator somewhere or don't want to go without calling in the experts or whatever. Anyway, you can see the video on the Pollock report. Um, it is. And wh- wh- where crazy. was this? It, uh, in Florida, of course, of course. Tampa Bay Downs. Tampa Bay Downs, of course. <laughs> I, the only thing that would have made this story more Florida is if the alligator had won the race. That would have made it. That would have made it more Florida. Even <laughs> they're saying that uh, Pollock said that from the video, it looks like the horse behind it actually hit the alligator. Ugh. That alligator, poor guy. He's like, oh, this is nice and comfy sand. I love it. <laughs> Get and some like, sun. What the heck is that? And all these horses come galloping towards you. Could you imagine? No. <laughs> Well, uh, I did. Uh, we've been on a chat GPT quick or, or uh, kick lately. We, we, we I have. You I have, are I have, having too much fun. I am having too much fun. So this morning, I thought, you know, Mandy, who works with us, she had it write a bio for her. And I was like, well, that's really good. And she actually used it because it was really good. And I thought, well, I'll see if it can write a bio for Jamie and I. Oh, God. <laughs> and then it gave a, kind of a serious bio. And actually, yours was pretty accurate. I mean, fairly accurate. And then I asked it to change it and make it funny. So these are the funny versions of the bio that the AI did. I'll read yours. You Am read I mine. really going to think this is accurate? <laughs> Jamie not. Jennings is the horse whisperer you never knew you needed. <laughs> with over 25 years of experience, she's the Yoda of the equestrian world, except with better hair. It actually said that. (laughs) She's trained horses for every discipline under the sun, from dressage to jumping to Western riding. Heck, she's probably even trained a horse to play chess by now. When she's not, like I was trying to make jokes, uh, when she's not busy making horses look like they're dancing on air, Jamie can be found hosting her popular podcast, Horses in the Morning. It's like cereal, but with more nays and whinnies. So if you're looking for a horse trainer that knows her stuff and isn't afraid to crack a few jokes along the way, Jamie Jennings is your gal. Just don't be surprised if she starts trying to teach your horse how to do the Macarena. I don't know how to feel about this. (laughs) It got a lot right. It found that you were a host. It knew you were a horse trainer. What did you type in for I just said write? write a bio for Jamie Jennings horse trainer. That's what I wrote. And for mine, I said, write a bio for podcaster Glenn the Geek. Oh, Uh, that's really weird. (laughs) You want to read mine? Mine? Yours was fairly accurate. Mine had some issues. I don't make horses dance on air 
or play chess or do the Macarena. But okay. But, yeah, but the serious bio it gave for you was fairly accurate. I had to do the funny one because it was more funny. Okay, here's yours. Glenn the Geek is not your average podcaster. He's more like a horse whisperer <laughs> with a microphone. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> Born in Louisiana. Yeah, again, not so much. <laughs> he learned to speak horse before he could speak uh, English. Again, not so much. <laughs> His parents were always yelling at him, Glenn, stop neighing and come inside for dinner. Yeah, not so much. After pursuing a degree in journalism, another not so much. <laughs> Glenn realized he wanted to combine his passion for horses. That's a not so much. <laughs> with his love for media. That is probably right. That's the first thing they got right. So he started the Horse Radio Network and the rest is history. With multiple shows covering everything from horse health to equestrian fashion, Glenn <laughs> is like the Oprah of the equine world. Without the money. <laughs> But what really sets Glenn apart is his sense of humor. He's got more horse puns than a stable has manure. His jokes are so funny, even the horses can't help but neigh with laughter. Glenn's dedication to the equestrian... Oh, this going. is really good. <laughs> Glenn's dedication to the equestrian community has earned him numerous awards and accolades. Is that true? Yeah, that is true, actually. Including induction into the Horse Radio Network Hall of Fame. <laughs> you didn't know we had one of those, did you? Are you the only guy? Who I apparently it? am the only one in it. <laughs> okay. So if you're a horse lover looking for a good time, tune in to Glenn the Geek. He's the only podcaster who can make dressage sound like stand-up comedy. <laughs> it wrote that line. So it even the AI knew dressage is boring. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what's the most boring horse sport for the novice to watch? Dressage. It does. It is kind of spooky, though, when you think about it. That it just searches the internet and pulls this off and comes up with this stuff. Is there a Glenn the Geek born in Louisiana? There, How does it just make stuff up? I don't up? know. And I did cut out the line where it says I was married to my high school sweetheart Jennifer. Now we went when we were twenty five, and that we have two kids. So oh, yeah, apparently that got that wrong too. <laughs> so. They're just gonna make stuff up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but yours, your real one was scarily accurate. You could use it as a bio, actually. Um, well, send and, it to me because I'm always needing a fresher. All right, I'll I'll send that over to. you. It was just weird, you know. It's just weird. Anyway, I, th by the way, I'm going to induct you into the Horse Radio Network Hall of Fame <gasps> for this what? year. Yes, yes. As soon as I figure out what that is. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, do we have a gala? Do I need to prepare a speech? <laughs> yeah, no, on all of that, because apparently I, I didn't know there was one. Uh, but you know what? That's a good idea. It's the only Hall of Fame we're ever going to get in. So I know, right? <laughs> we might as well induct ourselves. All right, let's go to our first guest today. It's Helena, who was the first co-host on the Horse Radio Network all those years ago, and she's the host of the Stolen Stable podcast, and apparently now an audiobook producer. So let's talk to her about that, and you're going to recognize the book, because we just had the author on. Helena, we have been saying on this show for 12 years, we must have had, we've had hundreds of authors on. And I keep saying, look, I don't read books. I like audiobooks. Why are any horse books an audiobook? And you're changing that for the horse world. Yes, yes. Well, it wasn't my idea. You can thank Horse and Rider Books for that. And um, 
Well, you know, they follow, they've been following Horse Radio Network since the beginning, pretty much. And they approached me and said, listen, we really, we like listening to your show. And what do you think about possibly narrating this book? So they sent me a copy and I read it. And of course, I fell head over heels in love with the content. And uh, I said, yeah, let's, let's give it a go. I, you know, podcasting is very different than narration, audiobook narration. So I sent a sample recording to the publisher, and then they shared it with the author, Janet Jones, to make sure that she was cool with my voice and and everything, um, and she loved it. So I got to work reading. Well, and I got to tell you, Janet Jones was just on last week, and of course, the book we're talking about is Horse Brain, Human Brain. And- so cool! This is so awesome! That was one of my favorite um, interviews that you guys ever did. I listened to to your discussion with Janet, and I was so excited. I was jumping up and down in the barn. <laughs> Yeah. And I know a lot of people bought the book after, too. A lot of listeners bought the book. They were posting about it. I listened to a little bit of it. It's on Audible. Like, so it's legit, right? You can find it on Audible. And I want to talk to you a little about that. But um, I listened to to about, they give you a four-minute free sample. God, you sound so good on there. So (laughs) this is done already. Like, you're not in the production of it. You finished it. Right. It's out. It's available. Yeah. It's, they, they just, we were waiting. Audible takes a really long time to to get some of their titles up and so it was available and other smaller outs and i'm gonna say smaller but like apple books apple audiobooks and spotify but audible is obviously the big player in this space and um we had to wait for them and then now yeah, they, they just and Jamie, I know a little bit about getting a book into Audible, and it is not easy. They have so many requirements for sound levels and quality, and you just can't record this in your bathtub and put it up. I mean, you must Glenn, have had to take lessons telling, or something. Uh, you know, Glenn, are you telling me that you you can't get a book on oh, Audible? No, That's no so way, weird not with that our sound. Ask you to read <laughs> books on Audible. No, so so yeah, you must have a very professional setup, Helena. It's getting more and more professional. You know, once I realized that this was fun to do and is a viable source of income, I got a little bit more professional, upgraded my mic, starting to make some changes to the space that I record in. Uh, because, and especially if it's like horse books, you know, it was worth the, the investment that I had to make in my recording space. How long did it take to do it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and since this was my first venture into audiobook land, I wanted to make sure that it was as good as I could could do. So it took, um, gosh, and you can't read for extended periods of time because your voice just gets so taxed. So I could probably read two chapters a day to, at the quality that I wanted to do. Um, it took me several months, almost six months from start oh. to finish. Because I read, I you have to read the book first because you don't want the narration part to be the first time you're reading the copy. You kind of want to understand it, get a feel for what the author is trying to convey when she's being funny, when she's being serious, uh, when you got to put your professional hat on and read scientific words you haven't looked at since <laughs> your freshman year in college. So it, and again, you know, because it was my first time, there was a lot of start and stop and. All that. So six months was is about fair. 
So I can't we, believe you didn't tell us this way ahead of time. <laughs> We're just learning of it now. I feel like you've been keeping secrets from us. I have been keeping secrets. I'm not good at keeping secrets, but I, if it came out like crap, I didn't want to tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it did not. You're getting a lot of compliments on this. Um, so when you do this now, you know we've you know we've done some reading here. Jamie has. I'm a terrible reader, but um, you know we've done some reading here, and it's difficult. Do you do you do a paragraph and then go? Okay, I don't like that paragraph. I'm going to re-record to paragraph or do you do sentence by sentence? How, how do you do it? It takes a little bit of an educated ear. And because I've been editing podcasts for so long, there's a there's a cadence that you hear. Um, and, you know, there's a rhythm that you hear when you're listening back. And um, if, if you make a mistake, there's something called punch and roll. That's kind of a process for recording and editing at the same time. So if you make a mistake, you just go, oops, or cut there. And then you start over where it makes sense to your ear. Um, and then sometimes, you know, I'll read a paragraph and I'm like, oh, that was awful. And I just delete the whole thing, take a minute, read the paragraph, you know, really absorb it in my brain. And then it always comes out better the second time. And what a lot of people don't understand, and you didn't have the advantage of this, is on the big, you know, the big books by the authors that sell millions of copies, they'll have a producer and editor and the reader all together doing the recording. So there will actually be a producer there saying, ah, cut, we're going to do that again. You know, there's somebody else listening, which I don't know if that makes it easier or harder, but. It makes it easier. So when Tick Maynard came here to record his book, I was his producer and director. So he, we sat, I sat him in a chair or stood up, whatever he, we had the boom mic, we, everything was all set up. He had his book and he would begin reading. And if he got too monotone or too fast or didn't have enough feeling in it, I could give him some direction. And that process was way easier than reading it yourself without any feedback. You mean it didn't take Tick six months to read his own book? (laughs) No, it took him four days. (laughs) (laughs) I hope, and I hope Horse and Rider hears this. Please send this to them. They're good friends of ours. Uh, I hope that we get more audiobooks in the horse world because it's needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're definitely, they're on that train. And, good. you know, uh, another book that has been on Horses in the Morning that you guys have talked about is Andrea Waldo's Brain Training for Riders. Okay. Did you know that one is on audio book? Uh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's a good one to have on on audio. Uh, so we've got oh, so, and Jane Savoy's book. It's something. It's not all about the ribbons. That one's in audio format now. So they have four titles that are in audio book format. So seeing that you took six months to do this one, you didn't tell us about it. You kept it a secret. That means you could have many other things in the works. Are there any else? Any other secrets that you need to tell us? Um, no, I, I, uh, you know, it's not my secret to tell. So that's like, you know, I'm, I'm working for another company and there are things that I can't disclose until the time is right. Oh my God, you're like a spy. This is amazing. (laughs) I don't even know this stuff either. So it's not like she told her best friends. (laughs) I know. Well, you know, Buck and I were laughing last night talking about the, the, um, oh, see, I was going to do it again. Talking about spilling secrets. (laughs) She, we almost got her, Jamie. We almost got her. We tried. We're so close. I can't, I can't do that. That's like, you know, it's like when you're, when you're pregnant, you don't want to tell anybody until you're like, you know, a couple of weeks along and, and everything's good. 
I'm I'm still a horse person, so I have my superstitions. So I, there are a few more secrets I have. But okay, all right. Well, is it a secret know. that you're currently reading another book and we know about it, and you're going to tell us about it right now? Go. Can't divulge that information. <laughs> we tried. I tried. Tried again. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations, and I know that Janet Jones was a popular guest because I mean, in the auditor room, how many people posted they bought the book, and how many people after you posted it went ahead and went and downloaded it. One of the compliments you got, and I, I noticed this just in the four minutes I listened to, was that in a serious book like this, you put a lot of inflection into it and made it sound almost like you were reading. You know, you were reading a novel, which is hard to do with a serious, basically a serious science book, right? Um, but that's a good compliment right there. That was a great compliment. It was good feedback uh, because you don't know how much, again, when you're reading someone else's work, you don't know how much characterization you want to put into it. Um, and then it's easy to get like monotone and super sciencey and geeky, but then you know, the way it was written, it's real serious. And then there'll be a line that's kind of funny. So how do you switch from super serious to, uh, you know, to humorous? You go from human brain to horse brain. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Took a couple of tries. Hey, Helena, before we let you go, let us know the name of your next book. I just made a note to let Lisa Waisaki's publisher know that uh, you're available because those books need to be put on uh, audio. Let her know. It is so much fun. It is so much. And this is why I feel like I'm a professional trainer right now. (laughs) (laughs) Would you do uh, would you do fiction and nonfiction? Yeah, I'll do whatever. I've got the mic. I've got the space. And um, you've got the money. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. All right, cool. Well, thanks right, for joining one, us. Next one comes out when? Um, She's good. Horse oh. brain, human brain. <laughs> you know what I can tell you? Yeah. I'll give you a little something before I go. She can't help herself. You do know what's in the can right now? What's that? Coming very soon? No. Never trust a sneaky pony. Oh. Really? Uh, uh, that's Dr. Siemens. He read that himself, though, right? He did. He did. And if you want to feel like you're sitting around a campfire in uh, the mountains of New Mexico listening to stories, it's he's the man to, to listen to. Is that coming that out soon? so hard, was it? You could just tell us. That wasn't so hard. Make me work <laughs> for half 15 minutes trying to get you to tell us a secret. And here we are. <laughs> Dr. Siemens has a book coming out. Yeah. Well, you know, his the, the, the print book is out, which is fantastic i mean to have it it's something it's a treasure that you want to have on your bookshelf for sure um but listening to his stories is yeah hearing him tell them would be perfect yeah 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 there are certain books that have to be done by the author and that's one of them for sure and definitely when his book comes out we need to have him back i mean he's been on the show a hundred times but we need to have him back when he and we can play a clip of it that'd be cool yeah yeah all right. Well, thank you. It's Horse Brain, Human Brain. You can find it at Audible or Amazon or any of the places you find audiobooks. And thank, you. and of course, you can find Stall and Stable. That's the podcast here on the Horse Radio Network. Just search for Stall and Stable on your podcast player. Thanks, Helena. Oh, you're very welcome. Have a good day. All right. Bye, Helena. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. I'm so excited that we're finally getting audiobooks. You know, 30 years too late, but it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Good for her. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like reading for me requires me to stop and sit down and read something. And if I'm being honest, 
the second I sit down and I stop and start reading, do you know what happens? I fall asleep myself. I fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So. <laughs> because it's the first time I stop. So this is such a great way to just keep moving. And horse people in general, we don't stop. Yeah, we don't no. sit down. I, I mean, I listen to podcasts in my pocket all day, all day just because I'm up and doing stuff. So this is awesome. Well, very good. Thank you, Helena, for that. Uh, Stateline Tech is our sponsor for today. And I went over to statelinetech.com on the homepage there. They have a section that's called Experience the Ultimate Ride. And it's new arrivals of Western Tech. And they have everything in there from really, really cool chaps to saddles to saddle pads, uh, bits, uh, girths. And these are all new products that are out to the market right now. There. I swear on the Western side, they have 10 times the number of different kinds of saddle pads than they do on the English side. I thought English had a lot. But the Western side, they have tons of them. Uh, bareback pads uh, and, and a ton. There's 68 pages of new Western products at statelinetech.com right now. Uh, and you can find, I mean, you can find everything over there. Uh, there's a lot more synthetic Western saddles now than I ever thought thought there was too i didn't know that either and and tons of different bits just go check them out today at statelinetech.com for all of your western riding needs well next up this guest is brought to you by daily dose equine non-gmo core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages to help celebrate international women's day we went back seven years on Horses in the Morning and came up with an award-winning, and this is award-winning, this was legitimate, we didn't make it up, um, an award-winning story that was told by Leslie Wiley. Now, for new listeners, Leslie Wiley was a regular on our show every week, I don't know, for years. Uh, and she was with Horse Nation and then went over to Eventing Nation, and she would come on every week and, you know, we would talk about some articles that were on Horse Nation, but mostly we goofed off with Leslie. And one of the things that happened over that time was I made the dumb comment that Leslie should do the Mongol Derby. And she did. And uh, and then came on to tell that story. But this story was very unique. And it was about her and a lady from England. Let's get uh, Leslie on because we've been waiting for this. Of course, Leslie Wiley is from Horse Nation. And she usually joins us on Mondays. I'm calling her live here on Skype. She usually joins us on Mondays. But she's been gone the last couple of weeks because apparently, you know, uh, nothing less than like uh, nobility is good enough for her anymore. So she doesn't hang with us lowlifes. She Uh, hangs out with... um... Yeah. Yeah, ladies. I, do ladies. you think she got a title while she was over here? Well, let's find out. Leslie Wiley, back from her trip to England. Hey, Leslie. Hey, guys. So good to have you back. Now, I got to say, uh, Misty, who's one of our listeners, said, I can't wait to hear from Leslie. So exciting. So exciting. I'm pea green with envy. So, <laughs> so, Leslie, give us real quick the Reader's Digest of how this came to be. A real short version, because I really want to hear what happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, basically, I'd seen this photo online of this woman, this woman fox hunter. She's like you know covered in mud she's like trotting toward the camera like with a cigarette and her eyes are just like smoldering and i was just like who is this woman and find out her name is the lady martha sitwell and um she's uh she's she's 
actually done some pretty amazing things in her life. Like she's ridden side saddle across Mon- Mongolia and um, oh well, who hasn't done that? And, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and um, is you know quite the intrepid um, fox hunter and and you know she's nobility. So my husband and I were going over. Um, uh, to the UK on holiday um, for a week anyway. And I thought, you know, I might just reach out to this woman and she probably will not even, you know, Facebook friend me. But um, if I could sit her down for an interview for the websites, that would be how amazing would that be? And um, she did get back with me. And one thing led to another. And she ended up, um, she's just like, darling, why don't you stay an extra week and come fox hunting with me? And there's this ball, you know. And um, so I was like, okay. <laughs> So I sent my husband home and uh, stuck, around, stuck around England for an extra week to um, party and fox hunt with uh, with a lady. Okay, lady. I, I read your story. Describe the night heading to meet her. Yeah, yeah. This is this is my uh, only you, Leslie. Grand entrance. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, basically there was there's a little mix up, um, and I got on the wrong. So I'm traveling from London out into the country where um, I'm going to be hunting with the Ludbury, the legendary Ludbury hunt the next day. Um, so I get on the wrong train. I get off at the wrong stop. <sighs> I'm, t- I'm a talented individual. Um, and it's, it's all in English, right? I mean, it's not like it's another language. <laughs> it's not like in German. <laughs> right. I know. Right. Like I have no, ex- I have no excuse. Um, and, uh, and so I get off at the station and it's just like in the middle of nowhere. It's totally dark. Like the couple of other people that jumped off the train there, like scattered immediately. And you know, you're, you're in Europe, your cell phone doesn't work. I'm hoping that I can, you know, like there would be a payphone there or something that I could, I was planning on taking a cab um, to the, they're, so they're having a dinner party. I'm like the guest of honor at this dinner party. I'm already late. Um, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I have no idea how I'm going to get there. And so there's this, um, there's this guy, the only, only person left at the, on the platform and it's night, it's dark. Um, is this, is the guy that's like working, he's like salting the platform. Like he works for the rail the railway and i'm like is there a phone blah, blah, blah. like here's what i'm and so he's just like well, why don't you know i'm about to be finished here why don't i just give you a lift and <laughs> which is like you know but i was just you know it was cold i was late i felt like i was like you know i'm a little bit running low on options here anyway so i was like okay all right my husband's going to kill me um but you know and then tell know. everybody what mode of transportation to add to this whole thing. Yeah. So he wa- so I'll like follow him out to the parking lot and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. He's driving a white van. A oh, windowless van? <laughs> yeah. With like a shovel in the back. No kidding. Because like that's what he does. He like is the station salter, right? I'm like, oh no. <sighs> so you oh, know, did you have like a little knife in your in your bra or something? Oh, of course not. Okay. You know me. No. <laughs> so I just like, you know, I'm like, okay, here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but I mean, as it turns out, my faith in humanity was restored. He got me to the dinner party and he didn't um, rape you or murder you. And so uh, you're, you're your night was good. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great. I'm, yeah, I'm winning at life right now. So I roll up to this, you know, fa- fancy British dinner party full of, and I climb out of the white van and, and you know, the least I can, I'm like, the least I can do is like invite this the railway guy in for a drink. I mean, you invited the railway guy house. into this fancy house for a drink? <laughs> into someone else's house to drink someone else's beer, you know, or whatever. So I walk in, I've got this guy in like high-waisted, like reflective trousers, like trailing behind me. And, um, and this is how I make my, this is something like, hey, I'm Leslie. <laughs> What's your name again? No, this is this is David. He works at the railway. Yeah. How you doing? He's not my husband. No, he's not my husband. He's the guy with the uh, white van. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So. So, how were you greeted then, late at the party? Um. Oh, I mean, I definitely. I don't think everyone was amused, but Martha, <laughs> the lady Martha Sitwell, thought it was the best thing ever, and <laughs> told the story about fifty times over the course of the weekend. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so I'm writing this series about about my trip. And so the first those that sort of brings us up to date. Um, and but I would love to give you a sneak preview of what. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes, God, I can't wait. The now, just morning, give, give for people who don't know fox hunting, you, the next morning after staying in this mansion in the middle of nowhere, England, you went on. This is one of the most legendary, crazy wild fox hunts ever. So just give an overview to the people who have nothing, don't know anything about it. Yeah, I mean, hedges taller than your horse, uh, like great big ditches, um, you know, just horse going full, full out. It's called the Ludbury Hunt. Um, and the only, you know, I've, I've, there's, um, you know, people just falling off left and right, you know. Um, so, so, you know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> sounds good to and, me. And this chick doesn't even know if you can ride and she invites you on this. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I get, and so I'm on a hired horse. So, and I've, so the horse, um, I've got is, I think, I don't really know what his name was, um, but I called him Bert. And he's just like this big, fresh, fresh from Ireland, like super chill, like true blue, cool guy. Um, you know, not maybe the scopiest jumper, but very efficient. You know, I always say like over, under, through the jumps. And, you know, there's a good mix of over and through. Um, but I was so, so I'm out there for four hours. We have to have the horses back to the lorry, um, by this, you know, like three. And so it's two 30. We decide, um, that, you know, it's probably about time. The rest of the hunt stayed out there until dark. Um, but we, we knew we had to sort of start heading in and I'm, I'm on fire at this point. I have not gone around a single jump. I jumped everything like a champ, um, stayed right up at the front. Um, like I'm unstoppable and I'm, I'm just really proud of my, cause I mean, I like literally I've, I saw more people hit the deck, you know, people just falling off left and right, you know, um, did alcohol have anything to do with some of them falling off? Uh, probably had, no, it had a lot to do with me staying on, (laughs) 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 you know, every time you stop, you know, stop at a check, everyone takes out their hip flasks and passes, passes them around. Um, so that, you know, when you're riding a 
horse you've never ridden before over like five foot hedges, I would say that's probably a good time, you know, to, uh, <laughs> to check your hip blast. Check your gotcha. Hip blast. That was, yeah, that was my strategy. Um, but yeah, so I'm feeling, feeling good. So we're just, we're going to catch up to the field master. Um, there's this jump in front of us. It looks solid. It doesn't look huge. Um, I can't figure out why two people in front of me fall off at it. Um, you know, which maybe would have been a good, uh, okay. sign that, uh, maybe, you know, find yeah. another way. Um, but you know me, <laughs> I'm like, one more jump. What could, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so I get up to it. It's a four foot solid rail, upright vertical with a, made out of like a, with the tops, like a telephone pole. Like it's sturdy out of two feet of mud, like knee deep mud. Ugh. Um, and poor Bert, you know, like sensible horses, any sensible, like horse, I think would have stopped in that situation. But, you know, and I whispered in his ear beforehand, I was like, Bert, you know, you got to pick your legs up over this buddy. Um, but you know, at the, the point, like riding in, it just didn't look, you know, at that point you're like, ah, it's four foot. That's not, <laughs> that's nothing. That. Are you with lady Martha at this point? Martha's her horse was being naughty. So she had taken it back a bit early. Um, but, um, yeah, but I was with her, um, gentleman caller. Um, okay. Before you tell us what happened, were you the yeah. only American? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was that you American. were representing the whole country up to this yeah, jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming up to it, and I'm like, you know, sit, I sit down and tack, put my leg on, pick his ears up, give him, give him a good ride. The sort of the ride that I've been giving him to to the solid fences, and you know, whisper in his ear, "Come on, buddy, Bert, pick up your feet." And he didn't quite get his feet up all the way, so we went. We had a little rotational fall. Um, oh, no. Yeah, we he just yeah his he just sort of somersaulted over it and um and rolled right off of me. No big deal. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I stand up. I'm like I'm like what just happened? Stand up and poor Bert's just standing there looking at me, bewildered. You know, like what just happened after he gets up and um so I stand up and I shake my whip at him I'm like Bert I told you to pick up your feet <laughs> and then I got really dizzy and had to sit back down <laughs> and and Manuel's like you're bleeding from your nose and indeed I have like blood all over my face oh no um, yeah and I'm much elbow mm, I don't know I may get x-rayed in another couple of days if it doesn't um if I still can't straighten it <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I get Bert's fine. I'm more or less fine. I get back on. We hack back, and and, and I, so I'm just like have blood all over my face, and I cannot stop grinning. Like this was the best. I mean, that maybe three minutes of that fall. You know, uh, beside beside, uh, like it was like the best fun I've ever had on a horse. <laughs> and of course, and then I went hunting again the next day. Yeah. <laughs> with a different with a different horse. Uh, different, Bert needed different a horse, day off. Different, yeah, Bert, different hunt. Bert wasn't yeah. going to come back to you again. It's <laughs> like this woman is a maniac. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not letting her ride me again. <laughs> but I later find out that this jump that we fell at um, is. I was telling, got back, and Martha. I'm telling Martha about it, and she's like, "Oh, they call that the badminton jump." 
I broke my finger there a couple of years ago. And I'm like, the which one, any jump on a mod- modern badminton course is safer than this jump. <laughs> um, and two, if I'd known that, maybe I would have not jumped it. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah. we've been called bloody Americans a lot by the British. And in your case, it was just true. <laughs> Oh, man. I got to tell you a couple things. Reading this was probably the most fun thing I've ever read. And it's not even over, but starting with number one, first of all, I feel like you're out hunting with Audrey Hepburn. Just, I can't get that out of my head. Um, Second of all, such great reading and such great quotes from her. And so that led me to the fact that Leslie Wiley. You've got to write a book about this woman. Oh, I know. I really do. She is like Martha is unlike anyone I've ever met in my life. She's like a cross between like an old Hollywood, like a glamorous, like old Hollywood. Audrey Hepburn. You know, yeah. starlet. <laughs> yeah. And like, like she has, she has that, um, like that's her sort of her style and her um, mannerisms and like, but, and she has like the spirit of, like Dolly Parton. Like Dolly Parton is no kidding, like one of her heroes. Oh, really? She wants, oh God, she wants to come to visit me in Tennessee and we're going to go to Dollywood together. That oh is too God. funny. Yeah. And, but then on top of that, she's like this kind of tomboy who I think could drink any man under the table, you know, and doesn't mind getting dirty and loves driving tractors. And, you know, she is just. Now, she, did she ev- come from nobility or did she marry in, into it? Uh, she married a baroner. But was she nobility before? Did she come from a noble family? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, she's, she's the woman that every one of us wants to be. Yeah. And the fact that you got to hung, hang out with her is just amazing. And uh, I really think that you should write a book about her. I really uh, do too. You could, that'd be I great. I would be more than happy to go with you and take photos <laughs> or do whatever, oh, yeah. you know, hold the record or whatever. I would be, but oh my gosh. That would just be, Did I you mean, go to this the ball? is like page turning blog stuff. Did you get to the ball or were you too bloody <laughs> oh, and broken? Yeah. And, oh, okay. oh yeah. yeah. I went okay. to the ball right. with a big, like, with like the top half of my nose scraped off. We go to <laughs> oh, this, you know. <laughs> the hunt ball though. It's a hunt ball, right? Everybody's been bloody that week, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're all too drunk to even notice you. So <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was amazing. So where was the hunt ball? Like what kind of house was the hunt ball in? Um, well, the ball was in, um, the ball actually, it was, this was Grafton Hunt. So this was the third, basically all we did all like for three or four days was we just go, went like galloped around on horses, got off, partied, got in the car, went on to the next and on to the next party slash fox hunt. Um, just, uh, yeah, the, but then the ball was sort of the grand finale. It was, um, with Grafton Hunt. I have no idea where where it was but um it was super it was like a super fancy ball and this was this is one of my favorite martha moments we so we're in this super fancy ball it starts with a sit-down dinner there's like tables of you know tables of 10 lots of silverware uh, right? lots of lots of silverware yeah. lots of fancy were, be honest were you watching everybody else to know which one to use when oh my gosh yeah <laughs> it was i was so like i could hardly eat because you know there's so much you have to do it a certain way. And um, yeah. And so yeah, I was sort of picking at my food all weekend, but so we get to this ball, we sit down at our table, you know, everyone's drinking champagne and 
And the first thing Martha does is make everyone, much to the horror of everyone at the ball, make everyone at our table stand up on their chair, yell, I am Spartacus, and down their entire drink. (laughs) (laughs) This woman's a trip. Oh, God, please write a book about her. Yes, please. Yeah, and after I've got this, like, you guys need to get her on the show, too. Yeah, well, definitely. She we'll have her on fine. anytime. You let you, yeah. you you get that arranged. We'll we'll clear the schedule. Okay. It's okay. like Audrey Hepburn meets The Great Gatsby. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> Words. How freaking cool what a neat thing and first of all for, for you to just be the kind of girl that's like let's giddy up and <laughs> i know you can ride because i've seen i i know what levels you've invented so good for you to get out there and do it and keep doing it even though you had to retire your guy you know what screw that downton abbey's ending this year masterpiece theater needs to add her in and you need to be one of the one of the actors in the show yeah she they literally need- she could have totally pull off a reality show for sure. Martha and Leslie. The oh, American and the Brit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she My spirit animal, for sure. Daily Dose Equine offers a full line of handcrafted horse feeds to maximize the health and performance of horses and ponies of all ages. Each custom feed has been developed with whole grains and non-GMO ingredients to eliminate the risk of herbicide contamination. They are horse people themselves and have seen firsthand the difference that superior nutrition can have in our equine partners. We invite you to learn more about Daily Dose Equine's origins and find a formula that's perfect for your equine partner at Daily Dose Equine. Equine.com. And you know, Scooter has been known to be a little chunky, my my hackney pony. He gets no. a little fat and and his skin gets dry and flaky and all that stuff. And we put him on the Carb Buster, which is one of the uh, one of the products from Daily Dose, and he's less chunky and his skin is better and he had the best year he's ever had weight-wise and health-wise. Uh they don't skip on nutri- nutrients um and you know, if you have a really chunky monkey, uh then I highly recommend the Carb Buster. And by the way, you can get all their products at Chewy and get them delivered to your house basically free. So that's kind of cool. So to take a look at all the products at DailyDoseEquine.com or go on to Chewy and order them there. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Yeah, the weird news just keeps it coming, Glenn. And uh, this week, we had submissions from Thomas, Electra, Ruth, Ellen, Mary, Nicole, Alicia, Allie, Laureen, Margaret, Mary, Melanie, Janelle, and Aaron. <laughs> if I forgot somebody, sorry about that. thought I got you all. Um, and again, this is just people that are reading the news and they say, oh, that's a weird story. Yes, if you do that and you think that's a weird story, just click that little button, send an email to jamie at horseradionetwork.com, J-A-M-I-E, at horseradionetwork.com, and uh, just put weird news in the subject line because that's awesome because I got it. I mean, there's some weird stuff that happens, so I can tell you about it. Glenn, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Chocolate, of course. Well, actually, moose tracks. I'm going to go with moose tracks. Okay. So some something creamy with a little mm. some chunks in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you can go to Berlin and also get an ice cream that's creamy with has some chunks in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
A German ice cream parlor has expanded its menu with cricket flavored ice cream, uh, including live crickets put along the top like sprinkles. <laughs> live ones? No, they're not alive. Oh. That would be illegal, Glenn. They're dead. <laughs> they're dead crickets that are just placed along. The, hmm. Okay. I'm going to read you a quote from somebody who has actually ice cream that way. It's so good. One of the customers says it's very tasty and edible. And another customer says he praised the ice cream's creamy consistency, but added that you can still sense the cricket in the ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Well, yeah, it is cricket flavored ice cream. You should be able to taste it. I'm like gagging you thinking about this. Yeah. Um, The European Union regulation just allowed crickets to be used in food. So at least they're. Was there a lobby for that? It was there. They transparent. Now this guy has made a history of making very interesting flavored ice cream because he also had liver sausage ice cream. That had a run. It's like the McRib over there. Like they have like weird flavored ice creams for a little while. And um, also he did gold plated ice cream. I don't know what that would taste like. And gorgonzola cheese ice cream. Again, combinations that shouldn't be together. Is there a cricket lobby that was actually lobbying the, you know, the congressman to have it approved? Um, I don't know. But apparently now you can also have... um, like three or four other bugs. They now allow migratory locusts and flower beetle larvae in their food. <laughs> it's like caviar bugs. <laughs> Is that like we just can't keep this place clean enough? Just make the bugs legal. <laughs> we get rid of the crickets one way or another. <laughs> I told you it was alligator day, but this story, you know, it doesn't seem that weird for Florida, but I just had to mention it because I just want to keep our friend Glenn safe. Um, in Daytona Beach, Florida, there was a, it was about 9.45 p.m., and there was a resident in his house, and he, he heard a noise out front, and he was like, it sounded like somebody, he says, somebody was looking for his son. And so he just opened the door, and he's like, What? Chomp! An alligator lunged and bit him in his upper thigh. So before you go outside, Glenn, if you could please just secure the area. I don't make know sure that no the peephole is going to see that far down. <laughs> it's like you look at your people, it always just is for their head. You may want to just crack the door. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just crack <laughs> the door. Smokes. That alligator wanted something, something in that house. Oh my he God. was angry, Elf. He, yes, he was. <laughs> And our third alligator story of the day between the horse that jumped over it and then the guy that got bit by one. Um, I don't know why the police were called in, in Buda, Texas, just south of Austin. But I know we have listeners in that area. So I wonder if you happen to know of a woman who, again, I don't know why the police were called. Maybe a drone footage revealed that there was a lady who had a pet in her backyard and um, unfortunately she didn't have the proper permits. She had a giant seven foot alligator in her backyard in Texas. 
Uh, oh, it says that they discovered the reptile because they were investigating another case in Texas, the same area. <laughs> What's going on down here? So she told the game wardens that it has been her pet for more than two decades. The game wardens actually noticed that it was very friendly to her. And um, they were like, you can't have this here. Exactly. You can't have this here because you don't have the proper permitting. So they decide to take it. Now, the video is of these people. They've got the mouth tape shut, but they're just carrying it like it's a dog or something that they put a muzzle on. And uh, they're walking it out. The, the lieutenant said uh, she did take it a bit tough. <laughs> like, so was her it's pet like, for 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> she, said she still does have to follow the rules and regulations of the state. Were there lots of cats and dogs in the neighborhood missing, by the way? No, yeah, exactly. Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) They, uh, you're allowed to keep alligators if you're number one farming, educating, or using it for zoological reasons. She, you know, where she got this alligator? Hmm. Roadside stand in Florida. She told investigators that she was volunteering at the Animal World and Snake Farm Zoo in New Braunfels, Texas, and. She stole an alligator egg and she 20 years ago hatched an alligator egg and has been raising this alligator. They, they went on to say that alligators have a nest of 50 or 60. So it would have been easy for someone to take an egg or a hatchling without anybody noticing. I mean, who counts baby alligator eggs all the time? Um, they said she was very upset, but she can now return to Animal World and Snake Farm and visit it anytime she wants. <laughs> She's going to have another egg in no time. You know that. She's going to have another alligator in the backyard. I'd like to volunteer. No, not again, <laughs> Bertha. Go back in the car. It's not like it's soft and furry to pet either. I mean, it's, it's not going on there. It's an alligator. <laughs> um, this is real quick. Just, um, you know, in Central Valley, California, and Modesto, y'all are dumb. <laughs> so this week, you know, there's been a planetary kind of display. Venus and Jupiter were like real close together, I think. Uh, and um, so they were very bright in the sky. Did you see the planets this week? I did not. I did not. No, I didn't. It was crazy. I heard about they were it. Really, really bright and really, really close. And there were a very large handful of people in uh, Modesto that called 911. Don't do that. The police department because the planets were to go. close together, yeah, and that was wrong. We should, two <laughs> bright lights in the sky, really close together, that aren't usually there. Yeah, people are so planets. UFO paranoid right now after the balloon yeah. thing. Uh huh. They had to go to social media and say there is no reason to report this. It's Venus and Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> We have no, it's out of our jurisdiction. <laughs> we can't help you. <laughs> Venus doesn't listen. We keep telling it to not be there and it doesn't listen. Oh my God. All right. I save, I always save the best for last. We're going to go to Peru. Puno, Peru. There's a guy out with his friend and they were hanging out in a park and uh, in a deserted park drinking and police were like wandered over they're like hello hey guys i mean i don't speak peruvian or anything but i'm sure they in the english version said hey guys 
Uh, you're in a deserted park. You can't be sitting here drinking. And they, the senior agent, Marco Antonio Ortega, who's a spokesperson for the police, said the 26-year-old man had a delivery bag, like with the equivalent of DoorDash written on the side. Okay. So they have a DoorDash bag. These two guys are sitting in a park, a deserted park, drinking. What are they going to do? They're going to take the bag. Like, hey, what's in the bag? Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing in the bag. Let me see the bag. No, there's nothing in the bag. <laughs> don't take my bag. Don't give me the bag. No, don't take the bag. <clears throat> I took the bag. They probably, the guy who took the bag probably regrets taking the bag. <laughs> open it up. I don't want to open it up. Open the bag. 26 year old man opened the bag and inside was what he says, my spiritual girlfriend, Juanita. She is in my room at home. She sleeps with me. I take care of her. Inside the bag, in a fetal position, was a mummy. Ooh. A real mummy. Apparently, like for real, you can just dig them up. <laughs> There's, yeah. And by the way, it was a male <laughs> that... Oh, well, they all look Julio the same. <laughs> renamed Juanita, and it was his spiritual girlfriend that he sleeps with at home. And um, yeah, the guy opens the bag, and there's a freaking body in the bag, but like a mummy body, presumed to be from the eastern area of Puno. Apparently, there's a whole lot of places you can dig up mummies in peru they say several mummies have been found in peru which is home to hundreds of hundreds of archaeological well, did the sites. aztecs and stuff they used to do that right there was civilization that developed before and after the incan empire this mummy was probably a thousand years old he's carrying in around in a bag <laughs> in a in a doordash bag <laughs> Jeez. And he takes it out and sleeps with it, Glenn. Mm. He sleeps with it. Let's get him together with the alligator lady in Texas. They're both probably pretty lonely right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's and weird news. Way, there are, there are <laughs> that qualifies. All of these today qualify as weird news. That is some weird, weird news. That's right. You snuggles in bed at night with the remains of a thousand-year-old mummy in the fetal position that he carries around in a DoorDash bag during the day. <laughs> All right, where can people send their weird news if they want to be on next week's show? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I need a break. These are getting really gross. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the weird news at first was like, this guy got arrested for, like, you know, running a red light. And now it's like, there are people carrying around mummies in DoorDash bags, like, drinking <laughs> with their friends, okay? Like, these are getting weirder and weirder. Y'all can send me less weird, weird news, okay? <laughs> uh, you can send them to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com, J-A-M-I-E at horseradionetwork.com, and just put weird news in the subject line. Very good. When I have an educational thing planned for the post-show for auditors today, 
We're all going to oh, learn boy. something today. Jamie doesn't even know what this is, but we're all going to learn something today in the post show. Uh, I am heading off immediately after the show today. Jennifer and I are heading down to Wellington. We're going down there for an event on Friday, Very and uh, I'll be coming to you from I, maybe even Reese's, uh, who's host of the Dressage Radio Show. Her farm may be in Wellington on Friday morning or somewhere. Well, I'll be coming to you. you guys from Wellington on Friday morning. So. Uh, we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to seeing a bunch of the hosts from the Horse Radio Network are down there and just hanging out uh, in Wellington. And about four days in Wellington is about what I can do. So that, And then we'll be back this weekend. But uh, we'll talk to you from there on Friday. And tomorrow on the show, we're going to be dark. And so there'll be no episode tomorrow. And then we'll see you all on Friday. And auditors, hang on. Spay, neuter, gelds. Snuggle with a mummy. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>